0: Welcome to a special episode 17 of Wood, and Metal. We have the maestro himself, Jim Maron, the head of the guitar department at University of Akron in classical guitar. So I got one of my guys now with two on one against Tim and the improvisational nature of his jazz. So let's see if you can hold out with this spectacular interview. So, <laughs> wow, here we go. Here we are. So Adam Keeler, Jim Marin, and Tim Murth today. So let's start with the quintessential question how did you get started playing guitar well
1: uh let's see you know i grew up in a guitar playing family my father is a pedal steel guitar pedal steel guitar player my whole childhood played in country western bands and he also played guitar we had guitars lying around my brothers uh, played guitars and uh, so i pretty much uh, started playing you know i got my first acoustic guitar when I was so small I was in the front yard playing with Tonkatrons. You know, and my one of my older brothers crossed the yard with a guitar in his hand and here says here, play with this. Nice. And I still have that guitar.
0: Oh, that's cool. Very cool. Right. Very, cool. Very nice. <laughs> sure. And when you say brothers, you have a pretty large family. You even beat out my yeah, wife's yeah. family. How many uh, siblings do you have? I have seven siblings. Yeah, four brothers oh, and three sisters.
2: And where were you so, in the pecking order? I'm the
1: seventh.
0: Oh they save the best for right. last. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> Excellent. Right. And how long have you been playing? Uh, I've been
1: playing for uh, uh, you know, over forty years. Very nice.
0: Yeah. Wow, oh my God. Still hitting years. those numbers. I know so... you,
1: you think it'd be like really
0: great right now, but... <laughs> <laughs> I think yeah. you're pretty good. You know, so it, it works out well. You know, how many CDs do you have out now? CDs? uh
1: official, three. Officially, I have three, but but um, uh, I have some other projects that I've recorded in the past that never really professionally released those. But um, <laughs> yeah, I have three like good quality professional CDs out.
0: And first one is uh, Six Poems for the Angels no actually that's the second one the first
1: one was Spring Rising okay Spring Rising and then the Six Poems for the Angels um then uh a couple years ago I put out uh actually kind of an alt country album yeah of, uh, for with my band Layer Cage
0: yeah alright nice uh, now is that available uh through any of the streaming services or anything like that or is that just CD that's on um what do they call that uh
1: um, I can't remember. It's like
2: said. CD Baby or something?
1: Yeah, it's like those, uh, but it's not CD Baby. It's Disco- the one you
2: can listen to it. Uh,
1: Bandcamp? Yes, that's it. Bandcamp. Okay. Okay,
0: band check out Layer Cake on Bandcamp, for sure. Yeah. Definitely. Get, and Jim's solo work as well. Is that available as on, um, just on Bandcamp or is everything? Yeah, and also, like, really, you
1: can check. I have a YouTube channel. Okay. YouTube, James Marin. I believe, I forget what the address is, but <laughs> I'm easy to find on the internet, you know, they, yeah. uh, but I have, I have like 80 videos. It's, a, it's surprising, like mostly live concerts. Oh, awesome. So all different things. Then even a number of like uh, layer cake songs, I'll make these kind of cool videos that I just throw together using my iPhone and uh, iMovies it's okay. kind of a project over the, the, uh, Corona thing. Uh, project just to work on my computer and make videos. It was a lot of
0: fun. Nice. Oh, I haven't even checked those out. I'll have to get on it. Yeah, uh, yeah, I didn't know that the YouTube channel existed. So it's time to get down there. Yeah.
2: That yeah. See, we got we got some learning. So <laughs> <That's right. laughs> you, you were saying, uh, so as a kid, there was guitars all over the house, pedal steel. Yeah. Was there? Would you have like jam sessions? that your parents oh, bring yeah. people over? It Was just music all the time? Like all the time,
1: all yeah. the time. In fact, uh, we have um, the summer jam. Uh, every year for the past right. 50, some, I don't know how many, how many years, really. But, um, you know, all these people just would descend upon my parents' house mm-hmm. every summer. It's usually the last Saturday in June, and there'd be a lot of bands playing all day long. Uh, I grew up way out in the country, so uh, very rural. Right. And uh, we always, in the summer, we always played music out on the front porch. And sure. It's, it's, the original porch rocker, <laughs> but um, <laughs> we still we still do that. We still do it like it's you know, it's, I'll be going home the uh, next month, June nineteenth, and we oh, yeah. do that, and uh, then a winter jam in the middle of February, when it's cold and stuff, and everyone comes out, and we uh, go somewhere inside <laughs> for yeah. the winter jam. Yeah, so we always jammed.
2: That's cool. So, how do you think? Um so, did you already know, like, pretty early on that you wanted to do music? Like, wh- when did you go from just, you know, always having it around you to getting to the point where you kind of, like, got obsessed with music? Was it pretty instant, or did it take some time? Was pretty, was, were you a teenager, or what happened? When? What's was, the timeline? It
1: was pretty instant. I was totally into guitar. I loved it. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, I got my first electric guitar when I was 10 years old, you know, Uh and uh i don't have that anymore but uh <laughs> but i've had many guitars since then you know uh, i was originally going to be you know i was gonna be a rock star you know and uh i fell in love with it and then my you know one time i was with one of my brothers and we were at this big sale uh somewhere and where they have all different things for sale you know and he uh bought a classical guitar he, he walked out of this crowd he goes, look what I got! It wasn't in a case or anything. You know, uh, just a classical guitar, and I literally thought it was a toy. I thought of the toy. Uh, it was a toy. it looked—you know—it's like plastic short strings and, and everything. Fat. Yeah. yeah, plastic <laughs> strings. I'm going, what in the world? Why would you want that? He goes, yeah, it's a classical guitar, and he showed himself how to play uh, with a bunch of classic and stuff, and I totally fell in love with it. You know, I, much as I love jamming, there's something about just being alone and just playing all the parts. By myself Mm -hmm. and exploring music uh, on my own. And I really enjoyed it.
2: Yeah. So, uh, sorry, you might have heard my kids are (laughs) going, Good
3: night. (laughs)
2: Good night, Jim Bob. (laughs) Um, That's cool. You know, it's funny. I I know too, like, I mean, not that I play much classical these days, but it it was one of the ones I, I remember distinctly being like, Pretty instantly in love with classical guitar. The pretty much the first time I remember really hearing it, you know, as like I started when I was ten or so playing. Okay. So I think like like twelve or something. I saw something, and I was like, yeah, I always yeah. thought I wanted, you know, I had this. I always loved it. It was. It's, I wonder if that's a normal experience or not um, for guitar players. I don't hmm. know. Yeah.
3: Hmm. It's a very. It's a. Um,
2: you know. It's it's one of those things. I don't know. It, other instruments don't know much about classical guitar, I think, sometimes. Right. And so yeah. it's, maybe it's a very guitaristic sort of experience. And
1: even, like, what is classical guitar? You know, yeah, it's, right. It's really, it's it's an instrument, you know, it's an instrument, but it's not a genre of music so much because it, it covered like, hundreds of years of music. Right. Like, I, I played music from the Renaissance, from, you know, 1500s uh, to very modern, you know kind of uh very modern music is
0: kind of my specialty yeah well you write and that that, that segues right into my next question because you started composing for your guitar obviously uh you did that with the, most of your original works and uh, for sameus that that piece that right. i did learn a good chunk of but i haven't finished yeah. completely <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah it's a great 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 tune um so when did you get started composing for the classical? And to kind of piggyback on that question, was it, were your first compositions based off of stuff like writing it by ear, or did you immediately take to the pencil and page and start going right into sheet music type of thing?
1: Right. Well, you know, when I was uh, really young, first, when I first learned how to play guitar, uh, we were just kind of jamming. We, we seldom played like other people's music. We just made up our own uh, rock songs and stuff. So, you know, I think guitar players just kind of generally just write their own music, anyways.
3: Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, but it was it wasn't until uh, let's see. I guess I was in college. Yeah, I was in. Uh, I went to Manhattan School of Music, and um, I pretty much just uh, just started, you know, you know, giving concerts. You know, right away, like I gave them. Um, uh, I gave five undergraduate recitals recital um, my, I gave a sophomore recital and that was my first the bug you know I just loved it I thought wow this is, this is really cool you're in a cool space that's that sounds great mm-hmm. uh, and uh, so we really brought the best out of me and so uh, the next year I wrote a concert for myself uh, to play with myself and friends and so I wrote all the music and gave a formal classical guitar recital and then I did the same thing my senior year. So so probably freshman, sophomore year in college, I started uh, composing uh, music, mostly just to get my friends together and play music together. I would give them these cool names like uh, uh, 528,000 Pillowcases (laughs) Uh, or Things from the House or whatever. I'd have these themes and stuff and I'd just write music for my friends.
0: So when you approach to music in your writing, like what um, do you build a scene in your head first, and then and and start composing around that theme, or is it something where you're playing and some so, oh that's a cool idea, and then you kind of yeah. like run down that route? It's usually that. It's,
1: that. it's usually that. <laughs> usually some improvisation. Uh, I'll improvise and then uh, have uh, manuscript paper uh, with me. You know, I like to. I'm kind of old school. I like manuscript paper. I like to. I like to scratch it into the paper. You know? mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, but I'll just come up with uh, a cool idea. It could just be a few notes. It could just be like three or four notes. And then, uh, then I'll write that down. And then that's where I start playing games and I go between, uh, yeah. a, you know, you know, retrograde inversion, uh, playing, you know, the transposing, uh, I'll turn it, I'll turn it into a matrix. Uh, I'll do all kinds of stuff, manipulations.
2: Right. Uh, the magic's in the editing. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean there you can like with the pencil and paper you can literally like you can come up with an idea and then gee what 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 did it sound like backwards? Right. You know? mm-hmm. And you can just you know, just turn it around, you know, upside down. You can play all kinds of games with it and then just start with just a few notes. So that's how I usually do it. You know,
0: are you are, are you working on anything now new? Like are you composing any new pieces? Uh
1: you know i'm i've returned often i have a couple of pieces that i've been working on and i'll return with them here and there i came back to a a, a song that i wrote uh quite a while ago called coats oh yeah thing?
0: yeah i remember that too yeah. it's a great
1: tune coats yeah <laughs> it's you know i was reading this newspaper article uh and it was talking about this guy who would uh, wear all these coats around town I go I know that guy I've seen him around you know (laughs) and um, but as as I read the article I I realized that he's talking about a completely different person from the 40s from a long time ago but I immediately couldn't help but just think about this person who I've seen all over Akron Uh, could be the hottest day of the year he's wearing like layers and layers of clothing, (laughs) layers of coats hat scarf uh, you know i see him down East Market Street west Market Street all over the place you know? but so you know him and and the newspaper article they're saying how you know we all know this guy everyone knew him but no one knew him mm-hmm. no one knew his name stuff so so, uh, so that was an inspiration to uh, uh, write a song put it right into a song um, so that's something I've returned to and i've been I've been working on that I have my manuscript right here. Now I'm using the right. fancy stuff. Uh, Sibelius. You can actually you know? read it
2: now, right? Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah, you can read it. Yeah, and you can... It's so easy to edit and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's wonderful.
2: It's yeah. still not as satisfying, though, right, as, as paper, like when you're writing with a no. pen.
1: I don't know why. Actually, yeah. paper and pencil, I'm really fast with that, too. Yeah, so. same, and, and, you,
2: and you can be, like,
1: broad swaths of ideas. Sure. You know? You can really play games with it. Whereas, like, in the computer... Computer mostly to me. It's like, uh, you know, the end thing. It's something I do after I wrote it. Right. You know, just to solidify it, just to like finish it off.
0: Yeah, it's the same thing. I, I got it. Any time that I'm writing, it's guitar in hand, manuscript paper, and then once I get it, kind of give it enough form where it's like, all right, that's pretty solid. Then I'll enter it all into the computer and start doing stuff like that. Yeah. Totally. Yeah.
1: You have quite the
2: setup there, Adam. You are look
0: like, <laughs> at all of this. Like, yeah, like yeah it, it, tech- it's a, bit of a mess right now. It, uh, <laughs> it's got garbage and some
2: other yeah, garbage. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this
0: is right. garbage. This is all my nail stuff. It's all, all for right. my. Oh. <laughs> all right. Just, like, it is. There's my ping pong ball. You know that that yeah. is- crazy glue for that acrylic for the thumb. You know it's all uh Are you a?
2: Are you a ping ponger or you use uh, neutros? A,
1: yeah. No, I'm a ping pong. Ball person, uh, I'll put my index finger. Um, one thing I just don't really need one on that one, but also it just comes off all the time. I don't really have like long nails like some people, yeah. but um, but I do like the ping pong balls. Uh, it, it it shapes. Um, yeah, oh, yeah,
3: <laughs> they're
2: cheap. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> um, with that, you do a little different thing with your ping pong ball nails than I do because like. I, I don't want to say traditionally, but generally speaking, you want the nail to be or the, you want the ping pong to be longer than the natural nail. But right. in yeah. your case, you use it underneath to support your natural nail. Exactly. Yeah. And, so, I mean, your sound is phenomenal. So it's just, it's like one of those things where it's, I've wanted to take that plunge into, hmm, yeah, right. <laughs> but at the same time, I, I don't want to screw up my nails. So. <laughs> yeah.
1: I have pretty much always done it uh, like that. Uh, I, um, I didn't know too many people who were doing things, so I did kind of figuring it out on my own, you know? So, uh, yeah, I like to just... So I really do play off the actual nail when I when I can. But So once I glue the ping-pong ball on and then file underneath uh, until I get to the actual nail. So the ping-pong mm-hmm. ball just uh, support.
0: yeah, supports it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a court yeah. Gives it a nice rounded edge <clears throat> and everything else that's like 1% of the population is born with and the rest of us have to struggle and scream at our fingers so (laughs) 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 at least me it's a a tone obsession type of thing so um when was your first album released my that's a good
1: question probably uh I think it's I want to say
0: 1998 okay and then Uh, that they're, they're
1: pretty spaced out yeah
0: was the Spring Rising does that have your uh winter suite on it if i'm remembering the title yeah. of that right yes it is actually yeah
1: so there's a bunch of my own you know the spring rising is the title track
0: mm-hmm.
1: um and then um uh, for seamus is on
0: there yep yeah
1: uh, and and then uh yeah the winter scenes i've been mm-hmm. playing winter scenes uh again lately i play you know it's in five movements yeah i play the fifth movement quite often i'm, I'm playing i have a concert. Concerts are opening up again. Oh so I have a concert in <laughs> just a couple of weeks. Yeah. Where's that at? Uh, uh, and uh, at the North Side Green. Have you heard? It's a new outdoor oh, yeah. venue. It's outside of Luigi's and Julie's Music Room.
2: Oh, okay. uh, nice. Yeah. Oh, that's
0: cool.
1: Yeah, and it's uh, actually it's really. It is really cool. The um, Downtown Akron Partnership organized it, and um, Earthquaker device it. Built this uh, portable amplifier, this PA speaker, with um battery operated. Uh, that it's called a buck uh, busking station. So <laughs> yeah, you can plug into this thing. They have it set up for you, and they even give you like four earth earthquake devices and uh, pedals. Nice. That's
2: awesome. Yeah, if anyone yeah. didn't know who watches it, so we have people that watch kind of all over the world, really, on this sometimes. So. Earthquaker Devices is in Akron, so we, we all know, like, some people that work there and stuff, and sure. we're, we're all in the area, so... yeah, I they're a great, great on, local uh, supporter, like, that kind of stuff. Oh, you yeah. see them doing they're all fantastic. kinds of stuff, yeah.
1: Yeah. I take my students on uh, field trips there. Nice. They, they, they give us a little tour of uh, their place. Yeah, yeah. yeah super they're nice people there. Yeah. yeah, fantastic.
2: And great pedals. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: Well, that should be interesting. In fact... You know, because uh, it has effect. Like my programming, like what, what am I going to play? You know, uh, so I think, well, if I got these pedals, which I don't really <laughs> use pedals on classical guitar, but uh, I think I just might. You know, I think yeah, I'll try great. some different things out. You know, just for the fun of
2: it. Jim, what, what, I think I've always liked about you is you never know, like one of your shows, what it's gonna, what's gonna happen. Like <laughs> that's true. There's, there's a always a, there's always some ringer. You know, there might be somebody dancing. <laughs> Or I think there was was, one. Wasn't there somebody like on your head or something one time? Yeah, yeah. I think it's like you never really know what you're gonna get, but it's always amazing. It's awesome. Like the planes, great. The music's great. The whole. It's it's like you. It feels like you really, um. Accepted or or really want to want you know you want to be an artist. You're an artist first, maybe before a musician.
1: That's exactly the thing. I you know I, uh, that's my you know be involved with your community, you know, be an artist, just make something, right. you know. Uh, for, you're right, so for 10 years, I had a modern dance company.
0: Yeah, the Marin Prather thing? Yeah,
1: Marin Prather Dance and Music Company. Yeah. And so we performed all over the place and that was really exciting. And Yeah. Uh, it was something, yeah, it was you know, great.
2: It's, uh, it's, it's yeah. really like high quality. I mean, it's oh, yeah, an awesome yeah. experience, yeah.
1: It was amazing to work with, you know, all these dancers and like have a, you know, not just, a concert, but like, you know, a light show, you know, working on lighting designers, I had costume designers and, you know, I'd I'd perform a piece, you know, with the, you know, curtains open, you perform a piece, you know, uh, finish it, it's a blackout, walk off stage, hand this guitar off to someone, put on a different outfit, and then go back out and do a completely different piece. Um, It was really exciting. Uh, I still work with uh, dance, I work with many dance companies all over Cleveland. Um, Groundworks Dance Theater, uh, my own company, the Cleveland Repertory Project, uh, Cleveland Ballet, Dancing Wheels, um, uh, all kinds of different. Um, I also like to work with uh, theater, Adam worked with uh, me on a theater project. We did a, a retelling of the Don Quixote Oh, nice. with yep. The New World Performance Laboratory. Mm-hmm. That was really cool. I got a, a chance to uh, arrange and uh, write all the music for this thing and perform it live. You mm-hmm. know? And then Adam performed, what, 10, 10 performances with it?
0: Like Seven i think some are are in there you know not counting the rehearsals and everything else so that was like i'm sitting there with jim's music and jim's there like the first time i show up and it's like (laughs) it's always intimidating playing somebody else's music let alone having the guy sitting right next to you (laughs) (laughs) it's like as much as we're like quasi colleagues it's like i still took lessons from you so you're you're on this we're we're over there like this (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. Yeah, right. And, oh. Yeah, you know, raise
1: my right. hand. <laughs> right, right. That was an F out of it. not an yeah. F sharp. Yeah, right, right. right. <laughs> Tune your guitar. <laughs>
0: yeah, right. So, I remember, like, we're sitting there getting ready for that, and the show was great. And I did, like, the first sit-in where I was kind of, like... Playing along with Jim with it, you know, getting direct input and, you know, eventually getting my treat wet with it and then switched out. And it, Jim did the smart yeah. thing. He showed up to review my playing, maybe not formally review, but he came to a show, but he didn't tell me he yeah. was an engineer. Right. That was a smart move. He just kind of like, oh, there's Jim. And I think they yeah. did tell me that. They told me, like, you no, know, there isn't, like, a, a halfway point in the show. No, they told me afterwards. They're like, oh, by the, way, by the way, Jim's there. I'm like, oh, well, it's a good thing he didn't tell me ahead of time because it, it <laughs> the nerves would have gone up a little bit more. So, uh, yeah, why don't yeah, yeah. these hands work? <laughs> 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 Natural vibrato. <laughs> <laughs> well, you
2: know,
1: the thing was, like, you picked it right up, you know, that whole putting that whole thing together, and that's that's quite a feat, you know, because it's a whole score of pages of music, you know, and you got to go back and forth to different – things and uh and you really have to listen to pay oh, attention yeah. to them, yeah. to what's going on because you have to be right there and you yeah. are all the the sound and it's unamplified just acoustic guitar
0: yeah it was great i mean like my mom actually came and saw that show when she was in town and she liked it because i did a stint with the ohio light opera and that show was fine it was great and everything like that sitting in the pit but for this one she was like this was like it was so cool because it was a very intimate soundtrack and stage and everything. Because, you know, you're unplugged and it. there was maybe, what, I think that place could hold like 40 people in there at that time? Yeah. yeah. It wasn't like a yeah. huge venue. But I, I loved working with those guys. I mean, it, they, yeah. they. it's great to be around other serious artists in different art forms because right. you just kind of right. feed off of that energy. You know, like everybody's yeah. like coming in, bringing their A-game and taking it really yeah.
1: serious and it's great. It's totally, yeah. I mean, there's nothing like working with other artists. Mm-hmm. People who are just dedicated, and they were totally dedicated.
0: Oh yeah, yeah absolutely. That's cool. Absolutely. I actually gave some additional uh, coaching to Hydro the uh, about two months ago for his solo show that he just did. Uh, oh yeah,
1: I saw that show. Oh yeah, really great. Yeah,
0: good. yeah, good. Yeah. Well, it's like he, he reached out and he's like, "Hey, can you give me some pointers with the guitar and these songs?" I'm like, "Sure, let's let's uh, let's do it." So. Oh, cool. I
1: did not know that. Yeah, yeah.
0: That's cool. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. So, you
1: mentioned um, something yeah, I do like uh, you know, good go ahead Jim I'm just gonna say like uh, you know you're speaking about you know different kinds of music you know and like you know so it could be I'm kind of a hired gun you know like a, you know, like a, I have some it might be a dinner party where I have where I'm playing like some light jazz you know uh, but um popular standards you know some uh, mixed with light classical music uh, and then you have you know, concert repertoire,
3: mm-hmm.
1: which might be really modern or something very odd, maybe different. Um, and then, or playing with my band Layer Cake, where you know, just sometimes I just want to sing a song. You know? Sure. So I just want to play my electric guitar
2: and rock out. <laughs> yeah. There's really nothing like it.
0: <laughs> yeah. No, sure. it's not. You know, d- 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 there's a reason why Marshall stacks still sell. It's pretty freaking cool to just crank it up and go. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <Here it is>. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I know yep. well you know I got you know I still have my old my dad's old Fender Twin Reverb oh
2: wow um, nice.
1: From 1974 nice Twin Very Twin cool. and uh I, you know I have a whole band set up in my basement You know, drums, PA system a whole bass uh, guitar thing for one of, if I have a bassist come over um so that'll always be a part of my life. You know, I grew up, you know, with you know, the boys jammed we jammed in the basement. We had the, a music room. There's always a whole you know, you could play drums, you could play bass, you could play guitar, you could, uh, well that was about it, you know. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> so we have uh well we still got time. So let's do the quintessential question. I love this question. Yeah. The, the your best gig and your worst gig. Oh boy, let me think. Um, or at least boy, best gig uh, and worst gig so far. <laughs> yeah, right, yeah, yeah. We can
2: always get you a worst gig, don't worry. <laughs>
0: yeah,
2: right.
0: <laughs> I mean, maybe this podcast is the worst
2: gig.
1: <laughs> you yeah, know, sometimes, um, you know, there are memorable things. Uh, I remember um, back in 1987, a little while ago, uh, I played for Andre Segovia's honorary doctor's degree in New York City.
3: Wow. Oh um, wow.
1: Yeah. There was um he was getting a doctor's degree at uh, the Manhattan School of Music and uh, a work was commissioned uh, for the event and um, started off with like a whole bunch of guitar players uh, playing all these, like, multiple, like, four different parts, you know, so there's a bunch of people on each part. And then as rehearsals would go, there'd just be a few and fewer. I'm looking <laughs> around, there's, like, people are, like, dropping, you know. And then it just came down to uh, me and three other people uh, playing. And then Andres Shagovia stood right next to us while we performed this uh, quartet, you know, with TV camera, PBS is there and nice. all stuff. So that was pretty uh, memorable, uh, you know. Um
2: was a, so was he actually getting his PhD or was it like an honorary thing
1: on, no it was, not, it was just an honorary you
2: know? yeah. Was well, that's, like that's cool yeah that's cool though yeah that's real cool yeah yeah.
1: yeah dang um, so that's... what did he
2: tell you was wrong with your technique no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right,
1: right. <laughs> you know it's funny because you know it was a really modern piece and he is not a modern sure, not performer he like he never played you know there are numerous pieces written for him that he never performed you know mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. He, he was very nice, you know, which is, uh, you know, first, you know, he's, what's he going to say, you know, uh, right. but, uh, it wasn't a master class, you know, yeah. but it wasn't along his, his line. You know? Um, but it was, that was, that was really cool. Some things like worse. Yeah. You know, I've never really had a bad experience, you know? Um, Oh, one time I actually, my junior recital, I remember now, uh, <laughs> I, I, I wore a suit, which, you know, I'm not a suit person. I don't really wear suits very much. You know? I don't dress up very often. I'm a T-shirt and jeans, But um, here I'm wearing a, I thought I'd wear a suit and tie and everything. And my, uh, like, numerous times throughout the recital, my buttons and my coat sleeve got entangled in the strings. <laughs> and I pulled my arm away, and I get a large Bartok pit. <laughs> uh, <laughs> quang, like the loudest notes of the whole concert uh having like three times during the concert my friends were laughing so so that was i and i didn't know what would happen i didn't know what in the world was going on i was nervous mm-hmm. and uh so that was kind of terrifying yeah
2: <laughs> so you never did what about like no spring string breaks or anything on a concert like uh like a classical one
1: uh no that's never happened like i have had the nail issue right before going on like literally i was just uh traveling around or playing a concert at malone college I think. Mm-hmm. and um literally right before oh actually no right yeah that same i had a couple things that same concert <laughs> i had a false string like uh like it was starting string to break you just can't it, it just doesn't tune yeah so, you keep playing and and finally it really dawned on me that uh this is just a bad string I just have to take the string off, which is not a thing to do on a classical guitar nope uh, yeah it just
2: it will yeah seventeen will years later change. when it finally tunes yeah right
1: yeah yeah you know, it was awful that same concert uh, i had I had to put a ping a new ping pong ball on literally on stage you know right before <laughs> I started playing and uh, so
2: was it a packed house
1: yeah, that's too? About it. <laughs> yeah, pretty good crowd. Um, you know, it's, it's something uh, interesting what Adam said earlier about uh, intimacy. And I love those intimate concerts. I love the, I like people being kind of close. Yeah. You know, they can really hear every little thing. And I want to play, I want a, lots of dynamics. I want to mm-hmm. play really quiet and, and then really loud. And so, now I can't play that loud on the classical guitar, but I can try, you know. Right. But, but but if it's intimate, I can play quiet, too. And
0: then that's what really pulls people
2: in. Yeah, for sure.
0: So I, I tell my students it's the it's the lean-in effect if you get quieter. that causes the audience to go, like, right. lean in. Right, and yeah. then when you get a little bit louder, you push them back in the seat. You know, right. the, the whole illusion of dynamics on classical guitar happens because we can always get quieter, but we can only get so loud. So we just keep... Getting the floor lower and lower, and that'll get people's attention. Except not that,
2: that quaker thing, right?
0: <laughs> yeah, with the <laughs> earthquaker thing. You just hit a pedal, and the next thing you know, you're blowing everybody's face off. Type, right? Of thing. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would be cool. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, let's see. So, we got five minutes, in the map, have you, you can edit this yeah. little technical yeah. thing out, Tim. But I, the, I see uh, that number. Okay, good. Um. So with those two gigs there, and obviously this last year has been absolutely crazy in terms of like what's going on with school, what's going on with – because right. you're running the U of A uh, department there. And uh, how – what was that like? Like your journey through the academic cluster F of things happening with COVID and, you know yeah. – Can to- we
2: back up a little, Adam? I, sure. Maybe we might yeah. run out of time. But let's – so – you leave Manhattan School of Music. What kind of happens there, and then how do you transpire into that, and then maybe eventually get through that journey? Yeah. Maybe, yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah. So I, yeah, so I graduated uh, Manhattan School of Music in 1987, and uh, started with an undergraduate degree in classical guitar performance. I wanted to go on uh, and study, but I pretty much I had lived in New York. I've I was done with New York. I loved it, you know, but I was, like, living in Manhattan. You know, I worked at the Metropolitan Museum of Art. Uh, I worked at a guitar shop in Soho, and I knew the city. I was all over the place, but I was done with it after four years. I'm a country boy, lived mm-hmm. in Harlem for four years, and uh, wanted to go somewhere else. So my teacher was uh, Nicholas Galussis, who mm-hmm. was a good friend of Stephen Aaron, who's the head of the guitar department at Akron. And so, um, uh, you know, I talked to Nick and uh, he introduced me. He called up Steve Aaron until we talked on the phone, and Steve had an assistantship available uh, for the next year. So I flew out to Akron, uh, auditioned, talked to Steve, and um, I moved to Akron in 87, 88.
2: <laughs> Now you haven't been able to get away. <laughs> now I
1: haven't been able to get away. Uh, but, uh, you know, I really like Akron. You know, like, I uh, grew up, like I said, in rural, then I'm moving to New York City, and then Akron is a nice mix, you know, where I can be in beautiful parts in, any, in a minute, just minutes. Sure. And, um, and it's, it's, you know, it's a big enough city, and I always tell my students, you know, be the guitarist of your community. You know, be, uh, just make something where you are. You know, there's always going to be great guitar players all over the world, but they're not here at the moment Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you are so uh make something happen so i came to akron and immediately uh, played a bunch of um just free concerts wherever i could i you know i set up all these concerts um in libraries mostly libraries uh community centers and things like that just to just get used to playing concerts you know you want to be a concert guitarist play concerts yeah uh uh even if they're free and then so when you an opportunity comes up for a real you know show you're ready mm-hmm. uh, so anyways yeah so then I started uh, here at uh, Akron and by the time I graduated with my masters in guitar uh, I realized that I was almost done with a theory degree too somehow I, was like, I had taken all these theory classes uh, um, so I've I, Stayed another year and uh, wrote a thesis on contemporary guitar works, uh, and got a, ended up with a double master.
0: Okay, so you're back in Akron. You've gotten your master's degree. Uh, sure. How did you get in as the other guitar teacher at U of A? Like under okay. so I don't use the term under, but like working with feet sure. and then sure, right,
1: uh, sure, Yeah, Steve Steve Aaron was you know head of the department, and there were actually two part-time faculty members. Oh, no, three. Well, including jazz, you know, there were uh, Dean Newton, Bob Fraser, yeah, and there was also Mike Vahila, who was also teaching. Um. Uh, so there was three jazz guitar teachers, and then uh, in classical there was um. Uh, uh Kevin Foot, mm-hmm. and uh, uh and uh, Lou Patrick. Oh wow! <laughs> Do you remember Lou Patrick? So <laughs> Paul Patrick yeah um, uh, so there are two classical guitar teachers and Steve called me and hired me to teach guitar pedagogy Ah, okay Okay. so so I didn't even start teaching private lessons at first it was um, uh, specifically to teach guitar pedagogy yeah
2: so when you what was your what were you thinking though at the time so you you had gone from Manhattan to Akron were you gearing up to be to try to do the concert guitarist route or were you gearing up to be a teacher like I know teaching sort of the necessary thing that musicians have to do right? right but was that was that your frame of mind then i mean you were probably pretty young you probably had all kinds of confidence yeah. and all kinds of things so you are probably right. what were you thinking yeah, at the right. time yeah
1: right Plus, I was working out, you know, I was looking good. Yeah, that's right. uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Well, yeah, I wanted to be a counter artist, you know, I, and I worked towards that. But um, along the way, I was going to teach. And, and, and an opportunity came up to make money doing something other than flipping burgers. Uh, <laughs> I was going to do it, you know, if it had to do with music, you know. Um, so, yeah, I can, you know yeah actually i think i was um uh i just graduated and then so i got a job teaching at a, um, a falls music center that's it so i had a few students there so and i was uh my idea was to do exactly what i'm doing now To i do a little bit of everything you know mm-hmm. arranging i'll work with a dance company i'll work with uh, A theater company. Sometimes, sometimes I work with my rock bands. I play uh, private dinner parties, Um, and uh, when I can, I play concerts. Which this is uh, that's something that I really love. You know, just the intensity of the solo concert. Mm -hmm. But so I think um, you know, I didn't really have a clear idea what I was going to do at that time. sure Mm -hmm. But I was just doing whatever
0: came along. Nice. Very cool. So with that, now that you're, in terms of your repertoire that you're playing now, you said that you're doing a lot more of the modern stuff. Is this all, like if you were going to do, uh, Paul, let's just talk about the upcoming s- solo concert that you're going to do. Sure. Uh, uh, do you have an idea uh, of your, your program? And, and
1: Yeah, I have a, I have a set list. I have it right in front
0: <laughs> of me. There it I is. I'm
1: working, I really think about the set list, you know? Um, I, ch- I played my last concert in October, um, the last fall, you know, right when right. the pandemic was hitting and stuff. And so I had a set program um, and I've taken some of that with, uh, and I kind of altered it. I knew I was going to play my concert classical guitar, which does not plug in or anything. I have to microphone, use a microphone. And um, I played a, a good bit of my own music uh, but I opened with um, an arrangement of Stormy Weather hmm.
3: uh,
1: for solo guitar, uh, by, uh, arranged by John Dewar. Um, I just wanted to just kind of pull people in with nothing too abrasive. Right. Yeah, yeah. It's just something, just kind of lure them in before I even say anything. Just start off, and cause I knew it was, it was it was a live stream concert. Okay. Uh, and it was being recorded and stuff so I just wanted also as a sound check you know sure and it's just like a two minute arrangement of this piece beautiful piece and um, sure I used that uh, that's a piece that I would normally play for a dinner party
2: you
1: know right. something like that and so I've been mixing that in with some of my
2: um, Plus, I guess uh, it, it probably, uh, probably breaks the nerves a little bit and all those kind of things right kind of just gets you warmed up you're on stage now and yeah yeah. Not, no, no real harm and little flubs or anything. You just kind of roll with it. Uh,
1: sure, I, l- I like to play first, play something, play some yeah. short little piece, and then say, "Good evening," <laughs> you know, "How you doing?" Uh, um, and then go from there. So now, uh, let's see. I'm opening with uh, my next concert. I'm going to open up with a couple of preludes at, or, or dance pieces actually from South America uh, by. Um, uh, Okay. Um, Yeah. Are you familiar with the The Five Cinco Preludios? I'll play two (laughs) of his uh, preludes. They're really cool pieces. They are. They're Um, awesome. Yeah. Uh, It's funny how those South American pieces, they all have... really contrasting sections you know like the the first the a section is really melodic and beautiful and then the b section is like really fast and rhythmic and then it goes back to this beautiful it sounds like people always think i'm playing a different piece but it's that kind of thing so i'm going to play a couple of those and then i'm going to uh, play here comes the sun by george yeah. harrison you know i have my own arrangement of it i mean i sing it you know but i'm playing a real cool guitar uh, accompaniment um, uh, and then I'm going to play two pieces written for me by friends. Uh oh, cool! You know, it's uh, Scott Johnston. He's a trumpet player. He was a lead trumpet, principal trumpet player for the Akron Symphony for like 30 years. Oh, nice! Oh, um, yeah. So he wrote this a piece for me, and uh, mm-hmm. and um working on it over the, the Corona, the pandemic. That's why I'm tired to say it because I ended up calling it. Uh, we, first he, he was sending it to me and it just goes for Jim you know <laughs> uh, but it's during the, this whole pandemic it's I'm playing this piece and I'm going wow it sounds like a South American waltz you know so I called it Corona Valsa <laughs> hey that works <laughs> nice. yeah so Corona Valsa I'm going to play that by Scott Johnson and then uh, Strict Little Romance by Roger Zahab uh, it's a short piece of his he's the uh, He's now i believe conductor of the uh uh pittsburgh uh, university university of pittsburgh orchestra good nice. friend of mine and this is these are just two really cool short pieces i piece them together into a set you know mm-hmm. we'll pretty much go right into the neck and then r- uh, wrap it up with um uh with my when sunny gets blue <laughs> nice and, uh, so that makes a little three movement set you know. So I'm mixing you know things up a little bit. You know, yeah, sure. then, then I sing You've Got a Friend by... Uh... Yeah.
0: James Taylor, right?
1: Yeah, right. James So we'll uh, move everything. I mean, it goes on and on. I don't want to, you know. Uh, then I'll, I'll play a bunch of my own music. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to mix uh, things up.
0: Now, is this like a, f- I, I don't wanna, is it like a formal rec- recital type of thing? Is it like, uh, are there tickets? Is it just kind of like an open field and people can come and listen because they know that there's going to be a concert? Or
1: Yes, it's pretty much just an open event. Uh, I think this is brand new, so they're just trying it out, you know? Uh, yeah. time. if you time fail, then, no, gonna- <laughs> Yeah, right, yeah, you know, so see what happens, you know? I wonder, like, I don't even know if there's seating, if there are people... Places for people to sit. You might need to bring a lawn chair. Um, they're starting on Saturdays uh, in, in a week or two. So I'll go to some of the other people first <laughs> and get a feel for it. Um, but that's where I really wanted to create a broad range of repertoire. You know, Cause for one thing, I just like playing all kinds of different things. Yeah. It's just a lot of fun. It keeps it fresh, you know. Yeah. Um, so uh, if I can bring that to people uh all the better mm-hmm. this last october when i played a concert that was the first time i ever played a concert where i had like multiple camera angles there are four cameras oh, you wow. know, uh, different stages and then uh, one of them was moving and stuff you should check it out go to my youtube channel sometime i had like 13 videos oh, that that's... i got from one from one uh the AV Club uh, did the... Uh, okay,
2: yeah, sure. Oh, I know that. Yeah, you know AV. With AD. Phil yeah, and those Phillip. guys, yeah. Yeah, Phil yeah.
1: Anderson and stuff. Yeah. yeah, they were fantastic. They did a great job. It looked awesome. I was so happy with that. Yeah. Um, at the time, it was weird because it was 50 degrees outside. <laughs> yeah, I'm outside, and it's really cold, and my hands are... Getting cool, but I just said, "Wow, look at all these cameras and stuff, and, yeah. and there was an audience and stuff, and it was being recorded." So I go, "I just gotta yeah. stay on it." So, so I just I just did the best I could, you know. Yeah, and uh, it, that's it pretty cool. like well, that yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, it's pretty cool, you know. But then then I look at the video, and they, you know, AV Club made it look amazing. You know, they were so cool with uh, looking at different. Um, there, there was an artist working on a giant mural behind me, like on a crane. You know, oh, that's cool! So, oh,
0: that's cool!
1: Yeah, yeah. So, wow. Ah, cool. I kind of got off track here, but um, yeah. So there was that concert, and then this is again. You know, it, it's just open to the public. So who knows what's going to be there? So if if you're not if you don't like the song I'm playing now, wait two minutes. You know, <laughs> know, it's something completely different uh, uh,
0: next. You know. So I, I have to ask this because it's one of my favorite things that you've done uh, outside of For Samus is your arrangement of If My Complaints where oh, you the Dowland tune into the uh, into blues tune and then back into the Dowland which is just it's right. just a wickedly cool idea. It fits lyrically, it fits, the, fits thematically oh, and, like it's Thanks. very, very cool. Um, are you going to be playing that on your concert?
1: Well, you know, that's a good question. It's in my stack. You know, like I have all my music out right here And it is, uh, um, with me, I'm very particular about my program. Like when I assemble a program, I know exactly what I'm going to play, the exact order, and I have it all prepared um, uh, uh, so I can pull it out at any time. And that piece just happened to be in there. I can't get it right now. But anyway, it's... I'm thinking about it. So. <laughs> right.
0: All right. Yeah, it's, it's, it it really might make fun. the cut. Well, yeah. thanks.
1: It's funny you bring that up, that, uh, that, you know, sometimes you work really hard on something, and you wonder, like, do people like it? I don't know like, if like if it fits. Because, uh, you know, you get, like, these early music people who might just <laughs> know, and insult what I've done to their uh, John Dowland's beautiful uh, Perfect Renaissance thing. Speech, yeah, right. um, yeah, yeah. But um, uh, I had a lot of fun with that. So so maybe I'll take some requests.
0: <laughs> there you go. All right. <laughs> they'll, they'll see this very pale guy in the audience being, Hey, play some dancing. Yeah. <laughs> Mike,
1: I got a complaint. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Exactly. yeah, so the song is called, um, the, the original lute song is called, um, If My Complaints Could Passions Move. And so I just call it my complaints. <laughs>
0: yeah. that works. Yeah, I remember seeing the, I don't know if it was the first time you played that, but I remember seeing you play that and I was like, oh, okay, this is cool. You know, it's Renaissance and so on. And then it switched in the blues thing. And I'm like, all right, I totally dig it. Like I totally <laughs> dig the switch. You know, it was like, it was great. And it, it, it flows super well. Cause it's like the, the chordal structure fits into a 12 bar yeah. type of thing. Right, yeah. it, seamlessly back into the, <laughs> Thing, and it's like
1: all right yeah that's right you know because yeah. I'm, I'm playing the original song and i've played lots of lute songs like a lot of dowlands uh, i can't tell you how many of them I've, I've played accompanied numerous sopranos and tenors and different singers playing lute music you know i, I just tuned my guitar to the lute uh, and played like that so and i'm playing this you know this song and i'm going like wow this is a blues
2: tune, you know? So I just rewrote it. Like full out. Too. That's the lyrics, right? So
1: Yeah. Yeah. I kept the lyrics, you know? And then it totally, there's a big guitar solo and everything. And so I, I'm
2: certain I've heard that before. It sounds familiar to me. The, yeah. It's been a while. Um, I don't know. Uh, I think it may be
1: on my YouTube channel uh, somewhere. That and also, you know, this is something different. Like, it's funny, like, I'm going all over the place, but, you know, working on this uh, YouTube thing, my uh, biggest hit, like what most hits, you know, a couple of like thousands some people watch or something um, is, was a commission I received from uh, downtown, like Akron art community. Um, They wanted me to write, compose a setting of a children's book Written by John Lithgow, do you, you know him? He's yeah, sure. He, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He he wrote a children's book called Remarkable Farkle McBride, and it's hmm. about the story of a young boy, three year old, and he mastered the violin in no time. And he gets bored. He played the flute, got it perfect. And got bored with that, and then trombone, percussion, all things. And he, he mastered them, but then just get bored. And then one day the the this, the conductor of the school orchestra catches a cold, gets sick. And then they ask Farco if he could conduct. And then so finally at the end of the story, he's, he's content, he's happy, because he can hear all the instruments uh, together all at once. Mm. But, uh, but that piece is just a one-off thing. Actually, I did a number of performances for, it's for children uh, downtown. So I wrote it for uh, violin, flute, uh, trombone, uh, and percussion, uh, conductor, uh, and then a narrator, you know. Mm-hmm. So at one point, like, I sneeze, and then I hand <laughs> the baton to the, the narrator. <laughs> uh, I don't know what made me think of this, but then, again, it's just like another completely different thing where I don't even play guitar on it. You know, I just I just wrote it, and I conducted it, and uh, created, you know, you can read this children's book in, like, five minutes. Yeah. But I turned it into, like, a 15 to 16-minute, uh, little thing, and all these kids showed up with a book, and they're they're following.
2: That's uh, really cool.
1: And yeah. That's pretty awesome. And,
0: yeah,
1: I just derailed our conversation. No, okay. no, no,
0: no, not at all. That that that, that, that makes because you were talking about your biggest hit on YouTube, and yeah, right. biggest hit with that.
1: Yeah, yeah, I get like way. I've had lots of people check that out. Know? Oh, that's awesome. I had, a, I had a great narrator. I mean, really, just like.
2: The right voice and everything.
1: Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. Nice. So, so a lot of fun.
2: With all the things you've done, uh, what what's still on the bucket list of things you'd like to try? Or are you not think of that way? Do you just kind of let things roll? Yeah. I, I, I definitely know you let things roll because it's kind of your personality. But are there still some big goals that you have that you'd like to tackle that you haven't got to yet? Yeah. Uh,
1: to be honest, no, not really. Uh, uh, I'd love to say something magical, but um,
2: uh, <laughs> I want to write seventeen light. symphonies. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah, right, right. You know, I um, I try to write things that I is, is tangible to me, like that I can really. I'm not going to write a symphony because yeah, it's, it's
2: never too gets much. Played. Like
1: I, you know, it's like <laughs> yeah. I can't get enough perform- performances out of it. I'm very practical. I'm a very practical person. Uh, um, uh, I won't. When I, when I learn a piece of music, there's a reason for it. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to perform it. I'm going to play that piece. Uh, and uh, so if I write, whenever I've written music, any time I've ever written music, it's always for a specific purpose, a specific time. And you see, well, that's what Beethoven did, Mozart, and everyone, they, they wrote to please their audience to, to fulfill a commission. Um, uh, and that's pretty much what I do. Right. And things, cool things just kind of come up. And so, uh, it forces me to be creative within a certain boundary. Uh, so, um, but I, you know, I think of all the different things that I've been able to do just by letting it things roll, and it's been amazing. It's been so fun. Sure. I like one weekend, I played uh, a solo, a concert, uh, like somewhere I can't remember where, and then um, the next day I played Molly's Seventh Symphony with the <laughs> Cleveland Orchestra. In <laughs> Sevench Hall, you know, and then I played a performance with my band Layer Cake, you know, all in one <laughs> it's weekend. A
2: great weekend, yeah,
1: different, yeah, all different repertoire. And then, uh, you know, sometimes I used to sit in with an Irish band on St. Patrick's Day, play all Irish music.
2: I mean, how cool is music? It's the, it's the coolest oh, yeah. thing ever, yeah. right? Yeah, it. I mean, over the
1: you know, the whole pandemic. I was just would just read through music, you know, just like chew it up I and mean, like they would just burn it through. Um, I got this. I got a couple of books. I got the Brazilian Masters. Nice. Uh, hmm. I've been playing all these: uh, uh, Jobim, Bonfa, Baden Powell, uh, and, um, um, and that's something I've played for. Um, uh, like, I have a dinner party coming up in just about two weeks. Uh, and it's great for like just cocktail hour. Yep. Yeah. You know. Uh, with Plus, you, guitar, you get to try stuff out music.
2: too, right? Yeah. I mean, you get to try. The, the dinner things are nice because you walk around and you're like, oh, I'm going to. Let's just see how this piece lands. How does it feel? Yeah, does totally. It... Do people respond yeah. to it? Yeah. It's yeah, kind of like yeah. a testing ground.
1: I really enjoy playing parties, actually. I like mm-hmm. playing uh, the dinner party, cocktail hour things. Right. Uh, everyone's, um, everyone's having a great time. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're happy to see you. They love you, you know? Yeah. Uh, uh, and so and I play all kinds of music that you guys, I'm sure, have never heard me play. Like, you've only if you've been to one of these things. You know, like music like Misty or uh, um, uh, see, I, I, I like can't even think about like, Well, I've heard
0: you play some of that. When we did yeah, that yeah. Uh, fundraising gig for the New World. all oh, right, Yeah, sure. The like trade-off right. thing. You know? Right, yeah. You had your gig book and I had my little, uh, my Surface and just going through the tunes back and yeah, forth. yeah. You were
1: playing like box
0: fugues. I know. <laughs> and I'm, that's all I'm Adam knows. Like, I had to lose. Don't get around much anymore, you know. <laughs> it's, that's all I had worked up at the time, you know, was a bunch of, yeah. my concerts my serious concert set. So I am like, well, you know, this will work for here. That's that. That's what they get.
1: So, you know, my I started playing gigs, you know, forty years ago, and I remember having all this like really pretty and like or serious music, and it was not cutting it. I was, like, sweating. I'm going, like, i got to find some stuff. And so it took me years to develop uh, this gigging stuff. And so over the years, I've played countless weddings, dinner parties, and stuff like that. And you just accumulate uh, a bunch of music. And now that this pandemic is over, I'm, like, I just started the call. this thing just starting to happen again. So
2: yeah.
1: I pulled my book out and just started page one and just started just yeah. reading through things you know
2: so That's just- yeah i'm curious i know for me i've been playing 30 years now and i would most of those 30 years i've been gigging a lot right and mm-hmm. up until this pandemic i mean at least usually like at least a gig a month or so if not more yeah. and this is the first time you know this last How year has been so weird I think and, I've done two or th- I've done I've done three or four like video streaming gig things at places mm-hmm. in that time, but that it's like in a year yeah. normally I would have yeah. at least 20, 30, you know twenty plus gigs, thirty gigs if not fifty gigs. Is mm-hmm. so what, I'm sure and you, I know you're the same way. So was this yeah. your first break like in the longest it time? Was. And and how did you? Uh, first break. Yeah. Did you? It sounds like you went through a bunch of tunes and stuff. Did you Did you have any yeah, goals yeah. or anything like Oh, you know what? I'm going to finally tackle this thing because I'm not trying to get gig repertoire together or anything like that.
1: Yeah, I did actually. Yeah, if you brought that up, because um, I I got this Brazilian mastered book that I showed you, and then I also got another book of um, popular jazz standards arranged for a classical guitar. You know. So all the notes are written out. There's no improvisations, you know. It's all written out. Easy for me. I can just play, play it down, you know. Uh, so I worked up, like, four tunes in each book, you know. And then, um, but I wanted, like, a big epic work to add to my counter program, which is yeah. not in up yet, but I've worked on it pretty much all this time. It's a sonata by Leo Brower.
2: Nice.
1: Ooh. Yeah. Wait. It's, it's the one he wrote for Julian Green. Um, I'm sure, I Just I've called it, probably. Sonata.
2: Nice. Okay.
1: But it's a big, like 20 pages of like
2: serious
1: oh, yeah. yep. music. It's a big piece. And uh, I haven't memorized. I learned it um, over the pandemic. And I've gone, I want like one big major work to mm-hmm. add to my program. And so I did it. Yeah, I, I learned uh, that whole piece. It's all memorized. Um, I don't think it's quite appropriate for this upcoming concert. <laughs> it's kind of like a formal... Yeah,
2: yeah. Uh,
1: it's a serious... It's
2: like it's like Adam playing uh, the Fugues at the... <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right, yeah. The dinner party. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, why? <laughs>
1: yeah. That, that's very interesting, Jim. <laughs> so, uh, but I'll definitely play it probably in the fall. Uh, I'll probably give a faculty concert. Well, I will. I'll give a faculty concert in the fall and I'll play it then. Mm.
0: Nice. Yeah. And speaking of which, you played my one composition piece that I wrote for guitar without touching a guitar. Like, that was my goal with it when I was taking lessons with, uh, who was it? Was it Rezanovich at the time or Wilding? Those are my two composing teachers when I was yeah. at MFA. And I was like, all right, I'm going to write a piece, but I'm not going to play it. I want to do it in a kind of a disconnected way. Write it out. Oh, it's, I mean, I'm still thinking about guitar. It's, um a guitar right. play. But yeah. I was like, i got to find somebody to play it. And Jim was a sure. man on that one. <laughs>
3: so
0: that was yeah. good.
1: I actually yeah, watched- I remember working on it. It was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed working on it. And I love playing people like, uh, I've premiered probably, I don't know, a couple dozen works over the years. And so uh, there's an art to uh, bringing someone else's music mm-hmm. uh, to life. Well, you being a guitarist, even though you weren't, didn't have the guitar in your hand, you still know how guitar works. You
0: know? Yeah, exactly. Uh,
1: uh, numerous times, uh, when I working with other people, it did yeah. not work. You know? Yeah. Okay. Yep. <laughs> so, um, but that was great, you know. And like playing, you know, whenever I can, I'll play uh, other people's music. You know, Nick wrote me awesome, big theme and variations. Oh wow! Cool. Yeah. Um, Roger, they have wrote uh, a couple pieces for me, and um, so, yeah, so. It was, it was. I remember working on that piece with
0: you. Yeah. yeah that's what, uh, we were doing. I had things where it was like the name of the piece was "They Break Their Tools," and yeah. so during the course of the piece, you're down tuning the strings to slack. You know, so <laughs> it ends with the yeah. main theme on just the first string, and that's it. So. Yeah, <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. I remember we it in Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Have you written uh, any more things like that? Yeah,
0: actually, I, I got a bunch of stuff written out. I, it's. Um, the next
2: movement, you start tuning them back up.
0: <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. yeah right.
2: Exactly. Good luck. <laughs> it's,
0: yeah. it's a little bit yeah. of a cheat if you got those Gibson robot tuner things on the end. You just press yeah. a button. There you goes. go. Yeah, yeah. But no, I've written... Um, I've been doing... A, the, the first thing is that I have this well, a project of arranging some Philip Glass for solo guitar, which is actually starting... It's starting to come together rather well. Um, uh, some of it, so Sienna works and other stuff for uh, other instruments, just... Uh, it, and it started by just listening to it, and I'm like, I could hear this on guitar. And then I said, the original was like, I'm going to do his studies, like his piano studies. And then I realized that that was just not going to happen. Like, not for solo guitar. You'd need two, and there's too much voice crossing and stuff yeah. like that, what he, the way that he writes. Uh, what happened? Um, oh. Sorry, hang on. Yeah. My son texted me. <laughs> so, <laughs> Anyways, so like I've been working on that, and uh, did, like uh, the one that one of them's out already on my YouTube channel. Not that I'm trying to plug it here, but uh, I did the the Truman sleep Truman sleeps. Like it's one of the pieces from the Truman Show that glassed it okay. all the uh, soundtrack to, and it just yeah. it one of those things where it's like, oh wait, ha, here it is. You know, it, it sat sat so well on the guitar initially, and kind of like wrote itself you know That's and cool. then uh me and tim were talking about this in a previous podcast i have another thing that i'm working on where it uh i'm going to do one version of it that is note for note philip glass and then the next version of it is going to be guitar orientated like you know Ooh. like kind of yeah, yeah i'm probably putting on boots way too big for myself but i figure why the hell not um yeah. try. you have to do
2: it you have to try yeah
0: exactly you gotta try it. it's the yeah. only way yeah. yep So that's part of what I'm writing. I've done a bunch of original stuff for uh, a game, actually. uh, Which, uh, I think it's coming out in a, another month or two nice. either way i gotta hand in the final tracks for it shortly in fact that's what i've been working on this week that is not classical guitar orientated in the sense of like just so one part is i did like a guitar and piccolo thing for like this uh checkpoint like where you arrive in the town and everything's kind of calm and you're kind of exploring things so it's very it worked out really well i just wanted something that was easily repeatable like a, just like two minutes and then i can play again, but it's still interesting. Uh, yeah. type of thing. It, and that's that was kind of a, a project that kind of fell into my lap, and it, it's interesting to write for it, because it's just you're not just thinking of a scene, you're thinking of, like, how long is this scene going to last? When do I want to repeat it? You know, is this going to be a recurring thing? Like, if I run into enemy type X, does this theme keep coming in? Or where do the, we call it, like, there's different layers to the music. So you'll have your original theme with it, and then there's, like, okay, if you run into a bad guy, that's your combat layer, and then that'll kind of come in. So you'll compose all these things, and then you'll program it in the software of being, like, okay, so this is, if you're talking to this person, the theme Will change the, to these instruments. Oh, cool. If you run into combat, you're adding, you're putting in percussion and a little bit of distortion on the guitar or whatever, you know, uh, type of thing. So that's, that's uh, a
1: whole, that's a whole new medium for us.
3: Yeah. yeah.
0: I mean, I figured why not, and it has been a blast. It's been really cool. It's steep learning curve on the production aspect of it. Like the writing aspect didn't bother me at all, but sitting down and getting like all the MIDI stuff going and getting it to talk to other people's uh, digital audio workstations and making sure that it all everything's synced up. So if I was like working with somebody else, it's like, okay, here's your stems. I'd, okay, I'm pretty sure they're all lined up, you know, because otherwise yeah. I'm not going to be able. To, everything's going to be out there. So, um. That's, like, kind of been where I've been at with the writing front with that. And it's been fun. You know, I I'm, i can't wait till I'm done because I have some other ideas floating around in my head where I can finally focus on it, you know? Mm-hmm. It's, like, the, the constant thing of, like, all right, how many juggling things can I have going? Right, but, right. Uh, Yeah. So that's where I'm at with that. Right. <laughs> but this isn't yeah. an, an interview about me. <laughs> no, 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 it's great. I asked a question. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, you,
1: some pieces, like, you know, I, I will be performing um, – uh, another one, couple pieces of mine, one of them that it's um, never really quite done like every time I play it it's a little different you know, and so that's why I play it, you know, so I work it up get it to a certain thing and I like, come up and at some point I'll know it's done, <laughs> you know because, uh, you know, I write it out, it's all written out and stuff but sometimes I jump from place to place and um, yeah. I just can't
2: really you know, so, Some of my favorite composers out. are never done Right. I mean, I right. come from the jazz world a little bit too, but even in like more serious, or let's say like more uh, strictly composed things, they just mm-hmm. assume it's never done. Now it might be ten years right. before they rearrange it, right. or maybe it gets rearranged yeah. every time they play it. Right. But it, <laughs> I think that's kind of neat. Like, does it have to ever be done? Like, it's kind of a neat right. thing. Like, oh, you could always change something and see how it how it works out. Yeah.
1: Well, that's you know, it's a living.
2: Yeah, then, it, then it's alive, right? Effect. Then it has something. It's alive,
1: yeah. I mean, I originally, this piece, uh, I originally wrote it for a dance. It's, it's a dance piece. It was never choreographed. I, it wasn't done in time. And uh, um, I just never uh, had it choreographed, you know? But, um, so, and, you know, when I listen to it, or sometimes when I'm playing it, it just seems like there's something missing. And it really, initially, I was... You know to dance with the other element, you know and i like to keep when i write for dance uh, i would like to allow space for the dance to take over the lead and stuff so i don't want to always be in their face and stuff so so wondering, does it does it work sitting on its own <laughs> i don't know you know so i guess we'll find out we'll another reiteration of it uh coming up i guess nice <laughs> Yeah, maybe I'll do some interpretive dance while I play it. You <laughs> should. Yeah, there
0: you go. <laughs> hey, use the pedals.
1: Yeah, yeah, I'll use. Well, yeah, yeah. I'm, well, you know, that's a piece I'm going to try them out on. You know, <laughs> it's, I have no idea what the pedals are. I never use pedals, so I don't. you will find. You know, I'll uh, see what happens. <laughs>
0: don't step on the suck pedal that's a bad one yeah right
1: yeah that's the <laughs> only pedals i have so <laughs> yeah right. right.
0: <laughs> uh, th- that's got to be my favorite uh, far side comic that i've ever seen yeah you know, the guy at the soundboard <laughs> and it's like it, jimmy's last day as a sound guy or something like that and it has a band up on the stage and there's this big knob on the soundboard that says suck and it says mm-hmm. jimmy accidentally turns up the suck knob mm-hmm. you know <laughs> <laughs> the band is t- uh, great yeah Single frame thing. Uh, absolutely classic. So other than the, the concertizing thing, you're still at Akron. You're still teaching. You're kind yep. of keeping that program going, which is awesome. Um, teaching like, philosophy. Like yeah. how, t- what are your thoughts on like how to approach uh, t- teaching an established student? Like you're getting a master's student in. So well, what type of thing would you, how would you approach that? As well, i tell you.
1: I mean, so that's a that's kind of a big question, you know. But like <laughs> you said, graduate students. So a graduate student, I really do have. Usually, they come to me and they can already play; they're already pretty good. So I mostly it's how to be a professional, uh, how to make money, how to make a living. Uh, mm-hmm. That's these are skills that I've learned over forty years, and um, so and I've I have been just an artist for all this time, you know. And like so. Uh, that's my main thing with these uh, graduate students. Um, uh, Sure, they can play, you know, the Bach violin sonata, you know, G minor, but like, you know, uh, but can, who's going to hear it? How can you get people to hear you?
3: Yeah. Yeah,
1: so that's probably my main thing there. Uh, Whereas like, undergraduates are really different, you know, because you, um, you know, you get an incoming freshman, a sophomore and things, uh, and they have you know, experience playing guitar. They have a lot of passion. Uh, they're not very disciplined. They don't know how to practice, how to, uh, go by leaps and bounds quickly, how to get to a new plateau. Um, so mostly it's about discipline and, and time management, time management for, uh, the young people,
3: mm-hmm.
1: uh, but I have decided like this, this coming year I'm going to do some like my studio class different. Uh, most people know you have you know you have your private lessons. That's when you're working on repertoire. My studio class over the past few years have been mostly like a master class situation. Yeah. Um, so all the students are there, and I have one at a time. They'll, they'll they'll play something for me, and I give them a lesson in front of everyone else, and everyone learns, and it's been great. But um, I think what I'm going to do uh, coming up, I have three incoming freshmen uh, this this coming fall, so um, I'm going to be doing using studio class more of like a hands-on. We're all playing at the same time, and uh, we're all playing. I'm going to walk them through like exercises, warm-up exercises, and and also um, fretboard harmony, just knowing the fretboard, knowing. Uh, all your inversions, all your scale, all your arpeggio, be able to play uh, in any key up and down the fretboard, follow me, you know? Yeah. So it's going to be more like a boot camp uh, fretboard harmony and technique class uh, uh, once a week for an hour uh, alongside their private lessons, which is you
2: know, completely different.
0: Sure, that's great. That's a great idea. I've always wanted to do that type of thing. Have like that. This is your daily drill time, you know, type of environment. Like everybody log in or show up in person, whatever. (laughs) Yeah, log in, get it going. You know, the metronome's clicking. This is our technique thing. Flurs today. Boom, go. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Plus, you know, I mean, the
2: the private lesson time, like you said, is it's like a different. There's a different goal there, right? It's not the it's probably not the place you should be doing all the fretboard harmony and stuff. It's sort of like a given, like that should be a given. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Then you meet somebody, you're like, how did this person graduate? They don't know how to play an F sharp or something. (laughs)
1: Right. Yeah. Um, Well, you know, it's something that's been interesting, even though like, like I'm a, uh, I'm not a jazz guitarist per se, you know, Um, whenever, you know, something uh, comes up there, guitar, like I would call Dean or Bob or something and like, and they you know, they're masters, you know, so they would do that. But um, I have been lately uh, exploring things where um, if I were to teach jazz, how might I do that, you know, so uh, I've been doing those things and you know, I come up with like chord melodies, learning how to do chord melodies to um, nice easy songs like uh satin doll you know autumn leaves uh things like yeah. that um so that's something i'm thinking i'm going to be introducing a little bit more in my studio class and that will go into like the fretboard harmony and
2: right. uh, i'm, I'm curious music. i mean I, we're running out of a minute here but uh yeah. since classical guitar is, is pretty young really you know mm-hmm. and it's always taking a new repertoire are things like that becoming more standard repertoire on the classical guitar front? You know, doing things like sort of prearranged chord melodies for that are from the jazz world. You know, sure. for instance, that seems like I, a. I could see that happening on like real con- like real concerts too.
1: Yeah, um, I think you know with classical guitar, it's coming down to more of a like personal, like. Uh, Persona, your own persona. So you come into town, you're going to play a concert, and you get to be known for it. like with me, uh, I've got to be known for. It. Who knows what's going to happen? Maybe it's a dancer on top of me, you know. <laughs> uh, but uh, or maybe I'll sing a Beatles song. But you know, David Russell, you know, you're going to hear certain sure. things. And so uh, that's what you know. These, it's almost like uh, I like to think of like uh, what rock bands do. You know, they put out an album. And they and they concertize it. Yeah.
0: So, um, so yeah. Uh, so, rock bands uh, put on an album, and they concertize behind it. And yeah, you pick up. So, from uh, there.
1: you know that's what we should do. You know that's what uh, you know, and that's what any artist does. Sure. You know they just you know if you're a painter, uh, you paint a series of things. This is what you're doing right now. You're doing you know still life, so you're doing whatever you know um and then you go on to something else and uh just uh so i that, i'm a firm believer in that so it just happens to be what i'm doing right now like i'm just having exploring explore more jazz uh things and how uh it can be done on classical guitar and how it can weave that into my own uh world you know yeah, sure and i think by having different you know it's it's like a diversity uh, Within a program, this makes all the other things all the more beautiful. Mm -hmm.
2: I'm curious, um, particularly because you have played such a wide variety of stuff, um, and even lean towards some you know the more modern, maybe uh, more dissonant kind of things with your you know a lot of the writing you do and 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 whatnot. What's your impression of the audience? um, for those, and I'm trying not to set you up, but I might be (laughs) (laughs) in that, um, I'm trying not to sway your opinion, but I I guess I'm curious in my experience, it's not the, if you play with a certain kind of passion, a certain kind of way of presenting it, Mm -hmm. the notes and like the harmony and the dissonance and stuff becomes somewhat negligible. I've, you know, and the, the audience seems to get it. Like a lot of times we sure. think, oh, we write this stuff and it's way too complicated or this or that. But it, to me, it's more about like that performance. Like how did you deliver yeah. it to the audience? And yeah. if you deliver it in a certain way, they seem to, they don't even, they don't care because the, like the spirit's there or something. Have you had that yeah. experience? Like, I mean,
1: yeah, I have that experience. And I mean, it's my philosophy, you know, and my philosophy is like, it's how you tell the story you know and if you can if it happened to be a very dissonant piece um if you shape a phrase you shape a phrase you know yeah. whether it's 12 tone or uh, you know, modal or whatever or form. You in your strings you, <laughs> yeah yeah if you're, you're uh, turn, tuning down while you do it you do it convincingly you know mm-hmm. i use that word a lot convincing um uh you know sometimes you get like these Bach scholars you know who like uh, every certain note about uh, this piece has, has to be a certain way of the, you know if it if it sings it sings yeah you know? if it dances it dances yeah you know? um, that's what I'm, I'm, I'm about the experience there. sure. uh, there's nothing worse than just a dry boring performance
2: um, mm-hmm. no doubt Plus, I mean, Bach was Who's an that? improviser too, right? So, oh yeah. So it's like yeah. it's hard was- for me to imagine. I, I think a lot of the things he wrote were effectively improvisations that he wrote down, you know. Sure. And oh, yeah. we yeah. now, other yeah, those the Bach scholars look at it like that was a sign yeah. of you know, like that was perfection, you know, whatever. It's like he was just right, yeah, he was yeah. just tinkering. <laughs> right.
1: Yeah. Um, so I think like when I play most of my my dissonant material that I play, I play it like in concerts, and, and in a concert setting, and when you go to a classical guitar concert, people are prepared for mm-hmm. just about all different things, and it could be some very uh, dissonant music.
3: Yeah.
1: Um, so I, I've gotten a, I think people like it. They think it's, right. But, you know, they like it because I just, it contrasts with something lyrical, maybe, that I just play. Right. A whole concert of all modern music it's kind of tough sometimes to pull off. You know, maybe unless you're at the, like a guitar festival, mm-hmm. you know, where there were all these different guitar players. And,
0: uh. Well, I think that you're, what's it? The, the uh, to, to piggyback on your point about like, it's all about the being expressive with the modern music and so on. When I went to, and me and T- well, I mean, we were all there. We went to the GFA in Oberlin and back in oh, yeah. 2006. And, sure. you know, they had a, uh, Uh, I think it was David Tenenbaum and and Antagoni Goni play the uh, Mere Woods by Takamitsu. And like, I was a freshman at the time, you know, I think you were as well, Tim. You know, so I'm I'm sitting there and I listen to Tenenbaum play, and I just don't get it. You know, it's like, Mm -hmm. I don't understand what's going on. I don't know. And you know whichever. and then Antigone Goni played the same piece the next day, like the next afternoon concert. It was, and I'm like, oh great, here comes this piece again. Well, I want to hear other stuff, but she like nailed it expressively. Like it was yeah. like, oh, yeah. all right, I, I get it. Right. You know, like I can right. get it. It's all a matter of really being able to convince the audience of what's going right. on in that. And, and then
1: you also had the second listening too. Yeah,
2: exactly.
0: Yeah. That was the other thing. It's like I, I kind of knew what to expect, but. Not to the degree it's like I didn't walk out of there like humming near Woods" in my head or anything like that. The first, was, well, was...
1: I, like so. My dance company performed at that same festival. Yeah, uh, yeah. So, and here I am playing like this, uh, you know, this crazy music. You know, so I wrote a, one big piece for all of a solo gu- electric guitar. I use a wireless electric guitar, and um, I'm like. Uh, being attacked by uh, you know, these four scantily clad women in leather <laughs> you know, chasing me down, attacking me, and so I'm fighting them off with my guitar riffs and stuff but this is wild, crazy piece, you know. Edge, I'm wondering like, this is a classical guitar festival. Yeah. But, um, but actually, I got like some of my amazing reviews in Soundboard, mag- in the guitar magazine there, uh, for that very concert. So, yeah. you know, you worry about things, but in the end, you just got to, like, yeah, go for it, you know? Yeah. And then all kinds of thoughts are going to go into your head, but you just got to let them out as easily as they can and just, yeah. like,
0: make it happen, you
1: know?
0: Yeah, um, and this was the same one that had Dominic Frasco there doing his thing. Yeah. So it was, like, there was definitely some avant-garde music right. at that. Yeah. Uh, that Dominic
1: thing. was doing a lot of... Uh, Minimalist music,
0: as oh well, yeah, like you were, Absolutely. Yeah. and then, then and just like, I always say, like, like the arrogant co- college freshman that I was, I was like, oh, this is easy. He's just using his thumb to do the percussive thing. It's not that big of a deal. And then when I actually got an education, I was like, holy crap! Never mind, stuff he's yeah. doing way next level. Sorry, right, he was, was was he one that. of your students at one point? Didn't he
2: go to Akron? Yeah, he yeah. went to Akron, but he was not one of my students. Okay. Um, this he
1: was there before I was there. Okay. Yeah, yeah, he must have left. I don't know, we missed each other somehow. We, we got to know each other much later. Actually, at that festival, we got to... You know, we hung out and, and talked. You
2: know. Nice. Very
0: cool. Yeah, that was, a, that was a good festival. That was fun. The, the yeah. first, I think that's the only GFA that I went to. Like, I plan on going to other ones, but I just never made it type of thing. It yeah,
1: was the final performance of my dance company. The last uh-huh. time we performed. They were, we didn't know it then, <laughs> but... Uh, there's uh, always tomorrow. <laughs> there's always tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah.
2: So you got to meet Segovia. Is, is there any other big name classical people that, I mean, we've already, already talked about a few because they were at the GFA sure. or other places, but are there some other people you've got to meet over the time there or you'd oh, like yeah. to meet like, still?
1: I've worked with like Ben Verdery mm. um, with my ensemble coach, actually. Um, uh, Sharon Isbin, mm. uh, Manuel Barweco, um, uh uh i've had lessons with all these people yeah that's awesome yeah uh, let me see if gonna, uh but some of the people i remember one time i was you know i was i was at manhattan school of music and i was um you know a student and i would watch the job boards you know sometimes just, they had the board with little notes that would say that you could get some part-time work doing something you know yeah. and so one was um setting up uh chairs uh for a concert of the new york phil in uh, a church in, I think it was St. John the Divine, downtown Manhattan, which is actually not far from my house. And, uh, so uh, so me and a bunch of other musicians were just setting up uh, chairs, and some woman came in and got our attention, okay, and then she pointed to me and said, you, follow me. So <laughs> I walked back, you know, um, just stay with the maestro until it's time to go up to the... Uh, uh, conduct you know when it's a time of then uh getting whatever he may need and stuff so okay so in walks leonard bernstein
2: that's amazing just <laughs> <holy> <laughs> God, i thought that's where you were going with it yeah
1: <laughs> that's just cool. me and leonard bernstein i was just like wow this is like amazing
2: you know now was he so, quietly Did, so that he's such he's a personality right thought, but- yeah like he's it's a huge personality, so yeah. Huge was he real quiet as he was preparing? Like, was he just in the focus mode? He, he was
1: more like pre- mentally preparing and yeah. stuff, but we did a little chat, you know, because it's really just the two of us, you know, just hanging, yeah. you know. Um, so, um, he asked me what I was doing, and I told him I was a classical guitar student at Manhattan School of Music.
2: He's like, That's not a real um, instrument, and then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right.
1: no. He was very nice. He was very sweet and stuff. And that's cool. So it was nice. I, and that's the first time I realized his friends call him Lenny because uh, sometimes, every once in a while, someone would come in and say Lenny, and they'd hug and stuff. But, that's neat. But, you know these weird moments like that when things just serendipity—you just happen to meet people. I remember another time I was working with uh, George Crumb. Uh, and the, we did a New York performance of so, uh, Songs, Drones, and Refrains of Death mm-hmm. for electric guitar and uh, another group of instruments. And that was just amazing, really just getting to work on his music, you know, yeah. coaching us on there. Uh, but some of the artists, you know, I got to meet that I don't know around John Cage, um, mm-hmm. you know, well, Philip Glass. Uh, um, I can't think right now, yeah. <laughs> but these are times that just I think this happened, and then you just uh, do the project and you move on. And but that stays with you. Yeah,
2: yeah. Are you still at Akron? Are you still bringing in guest artists for like a week or whatever? Too does that? Yeah, that, that I, seemed like that was yeah. going, goes on every year, right?
1: So. Oh yeah, yeah. At least once a year, sometimes twice a year. Yeah, that's awesome too. Yeah, it's fantastic. I mean, to bring in artists often, they stay with me here, they stay at my house, and then, um, so, yeah, they'll play a concert, and then really importantly, they give a master class. Yeah. And then they jam uh, with you at your house, right? (laughs) They jam with me at my house, or sometimes I just let them chill out, you know, and I kind of appreciate that, too. I don't know if you've ever, when you're on the road, I've I've been there, too, you know, when you're, like, on the road, and sometimes you just want to chill out, you don't want to, like, always be on. (laughs) Sure. So... Uh, just last year, I think, which one did I had a were great, uh, uh, I don't know, I've had so many, but it, I, I will keep the keep it going. Like Johannes you know.
0: Mahler, right? Johannes Mahler? Huh? Yeah, recent. yeah,
1: Johannes Mahler.
0: He I, was I really fantastic. I, I really wanted to, but I was teaching that same day, so it was literally, wow. I, I couldn't make it back to Akron from Kenyon in time to, like I would have been walking in as the doors were shutting for his like last yeah. Oh, and so this,
1: like, was, this was his last concert in the U.S. before he back to Europe, and uh, I mean the, the place was packed. That's was, awesome. Yeah. Uh, full house, and he just like ripped. He just oh. tore it up, and people went bananas over it. And then he gave this fantastic class, a uh, really long mass class, that like really got into every student of mine. Mm-hmm. You know? So that's been nice.
2: Um, yeah, that's very cool. Yeah, yeah, just so get the different personalities and everyone who's, you know, different backgrounds them. and stuff, yeah.
1: Yeah, well, sometimes, you know, you get the box specialist and stuff, but, you know, yeah. just like, yeah, prepare um, uh, the students. So, you know, you know, it's more, if I can um, get people to, you know, hear these diff- different personalities, then they're more prone to develop their own personality sure you know? want to create something you just let it develop You know.
2: Um, but do you do many of those do you have friends you know do you go do a week at some other sure. college somewhere not,
1: not a week so but like uh, you'll go on tour for like a couple of weeks but like yeah. one day you uh, usually I'd show up um, someplace at a college usually some like in the US it's almost always a college yeah. You know, you go to college, a school of music, uh, you play a concert, and then I give a master class. And they, their class, usually about three to four players. And um, sometimes the class is earlier that day of the concert, you mm-hmm. know, depending yeah. on schedule and stuff. So give the concert. I kind of like to play the concert first, you know. It's like to just play first and then talk, mm-hmm. you know. But... It's fun to, you know, the next day morning get up and then uh, go uh, meet all the students and they play for you and stuff like that. Sure. Uh, I've done a number of them. Master classes are great. Uh, um, you can really put all your philosophies into a little nutshell and stuff. Right. But it's a week-to-week thing that are hard, you know.
2: Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. And, and fresh, fresh eyes and fresh, you know, right. ideas and whatever. Man,
0: it's neat. Right, yeah. Very cool. All right. So, one is the date of your concert? The upcoming. Uh, this, the one's coming up is. Uh, um, let me
1: look it up. <laughs> June. It's Saturday. Double check. Saturday, June twelfth, from six to seven. At Northside Green. To free and open to the public.
2: Nice. That's a. Is that a Saturday? You said. It's a Saturday.
1: Saturday six to seven. Uh, hopefully the weather's nice. I don't know what
2: the. Yeah. Seeding and. Might stuff be is snowing right. or something. Yeah. It could be <laughs> snowing. Yeah,
0: you never know. know. You never know. Yeah. Dude, I got, I got it in my phone. So if he, you you know it. some guy being like, play some Dallin! That's right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, instead of play some Skinner, just play Dallin! Right. Right. Yeah. 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 There's some that, Mary. Okay.
1: <laughs> You got me thinking now. Oh, uh, I'm going to have to pull that
2: out. <laughs> yeah. Well, he wants another arrangement of another Dylan piece into a blues. Right. So yeah. Got to get to work.
1: <laughs> well, that's, you know, Steve Aaron said that, he asked me a bunch of times, said, Jim, we got to, like, make a series of those. Mm-hmm. You know? I and uh, I thought about it. I looked at a couple different ones and stuff, but it just never happened for one reason or another. Who knows, you know? But, I, uh,
0: but yeah, my complaints, it's the one that I still have. You know. So I worked that up. Nice. Very cool. Very cool. So if you were – now that we're, we're, we're coming down to a close, at least I'm sensing a close of everything, that and it's okay. my, my pumpkin time when everything yeah, right. <laughs> turns back. i got to do that type of thing. If you're going to give a new student one piece of advice, what would it be?
1: Uh, it would be to manage your time. I've mentioned that a little bit of that earlier, but it's really the penultimate thing. Uh, you have to set aside time. Uh, we just, it's easy just to say practice, but I mean practice uh, thoughtfully and mindfully practicing. Uh, for me, uh, it's the morning. Uh, I often, if, if I'm like really working, I'll get up at five a.m. And practice for two to three hours before I do anything else. Uh, That way, I have that in me, and I get stuff done. Other people like late at night. Yeah. Uh, To me, I can't depend on that because weird things happen sometimes. You know. So, but the morning, I'll make myself. I just wake up, get up in the morning, make some coffee, and I'll just sit down and start practicing. But not just playing anything; being Organized so time management, you know, figure out uh, how you can accomplish your goals by mm. the one
0: thing. Mm-hmm. Cool, well, that's no. that's perfect <laughs> it's a, it's Heard a good... from
2: the maestro. Yeah, yeah
0: right. <laughs> once again, everybody, Mr. James Marin, the classical guitarist extraordinaire, has graced us with his presence for this uh, episode of Wood, Aaron and or maybe. Uh episodes depending on how it's edited <laughs> <laughs> it's, thanks for,
1: it's, it's been great well. to uh, hook up with you guys again Yeah, it's been, it's been too long
2: the- hopefully we'll get the hang or something sometime soon
1: yeah yeah so. yeah i'd love it
2: awesome. that's great
1: well thank you so much for having me
2: yeah thanks, thanks for being on here okay we'll see you take
1: care guys i'll see bye. you bye